Welcome back to another episode of Nothing But Net, presented by Deep Dive Sports. We got Evan here hosting today, along with Nick. And today, since we're getting through about the halfway point of the NBA season, we thought it would be fun to go ahead and discuss our picks for the NBA awards. So halfway through, getting through our picks up to this point. So we're going to start off the conversation with the Coach of the Year conversation. Uh, I want to throw it over to Nick. Who do you think should be Coach of the Year so far? Uh, right now, I got uh, J.B. Bickerstaff for the Cavs. I know that might not be the most like popular pick. Probably, I think, you know, the uh, Chicago Bulls coach is probably the more popular pick just because of how successful they are at the moment. But I just think when you kind of look at the injuries to Rubio and Sexton and you kind of look how the Cavs have overcome that and they've still stayed relevant in the playoff hunt, I think that that shows, you know, a lot from a coach, especially when you have such a young team and especially when you're three big stars in Garland, Allen, and then now Mobley, who's a rookie, um, their efficiency ratings are pretty high, um, especially Mobley's for being a rookie. And then, you know, you have Garland and Allen who are probably in, I would say, all-star talks, at least for being off the bench players or maybe even kind of sub-in players with some guys being injured. So, and they're just a really solid team. And I think going forward, you know, once um, once they kind of get a little bit healthier and once the playoffs comes around, I think they'll make some noise. So he's kind of like my pick for right now. Obviously, that can change. Towards- yeah, I think as Cavs fans, we're all extremely excited with the work that J.B. Bickerstaff's done with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, a very young team, exceeding expectations. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that Bickerstaff is a great choice for coach of the year. Um, for me, I went a little bit in a different direction. Um, There's a couple other names I was thinking of. One of them was Billy Donovan, as you said. Um, Another one was Eric Spolstra. Reason I thought about him was, you know, they've been missing a lot of their key players, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, um, but they're still tied for first place in the East. Um, But I had to go with the Memphis Grizzlies coach, Taylor Jenkins. So the Grizzlies are 31 and 16. They're in third place in the West Conference right now. And so many players on this team, as we talked about with the Cavs, um, have improved greatly, and they're all young players. Um, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., even less uh, well-known guys like John Conchar, Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, um, they're all playing extremely well. They're playing as a team as well. And then, of course, you have John Morant playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. But what put Jenkins at the top for me is actually when John Morant's been out, he's missed 13 games. Grizzlies are 11-2 and two in those games. So for me, that really sends a testament of, wow, this coach is, you know, he's not relying on a star player to win all these games for him. They also have the second youngest roster in the league. Um, They're only older than the OKC Thunder, who we know are trying to get as young as possible. So they're extremely fun to watch. Um, They've been another team that's just exceeded expectations. But right now, for me, he's my coach of the year pick. That's a pretty good pick. I mean, that's, that's that's a really nice team. You know, I mean, I think they're... They're maybe like a couple pieces away from really, you know, competing for a championship for multiple years to come. So, yeah, absolutely. We're going to see Grizzlies, Cavs. Uh, maybe that'll be the new Cavs Warriors, <laughs> if we oh, can hope. That would be nice. There you go. <laughs> They've been such a fun team to watch, too. So that's that's yeah. move them up a little bit in my rankings, maybe. <laughs> it, is, it is really fun when you kind of see, you know, teams that haven't traditionally like drafted well 
um, start to draft well, and then now mm-hmm. now you kind of see the fruits of that. So it's that that that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next award we want to go into is the most improved player. So you know, for this award, obviously, it's who's had the biggest improvement from last season to this. So what do you think, Nick? Um, well, <laughs> I see yours, and I want to go. I won't. I won't spoil yours, but I want to go with Desmond Bain. Um, I think you know I read somewhere that you don't normally want to pick you know a second year player for this because they're supposed to take a big jump, but mm-hmm. I think he's taken such a big jump and kind of filled that like really you know second fiddle role to John Morant and kind of helped lead them to a lot of those wins since he's been out. Um, and I just I think that he kind of you know kind of goes out of that mold of of not picking a second year player and I don't know just something about the way he plays just the way that you know he carried that team like I said when Morant's been out and then he's also been able to be you know I guess his Robin to Batman I think that that's something that um that really drew my eye to him and then I didn't pick his teammate only because I think his teammates in the MVP conversation that's only yeah absolutely I actually for most of the season was right with you on Desmond Bain being most improved I mean I know last season he was drafted pretty much to be a three-point shooter kind of a three and d guy um, but just watching this year, he's been passing the ball well. He's been taking the ball off the dribble, driving to the lane. Um, so his confidence has just increased tremendously. I think even on our last episode, I was like, oh, yeah, he's my most improved player pick. But then when I started really getting into the research, I just had to go with John Morant. Um, one quote that I saw when listening to other podcasts um, is kind of the biggest, the hardest jump to make is from, you know, being a really good player to being a great player. And I think Ja has jumped from a great player to being an out-of-this-world player. Like you said, I think he's legitimately in the MVP conversation. He's gone up uh, from 19.1 points per game to 24.7 last year um, to this year. He's also significantly increased his shooting efficiency from two-point range, three-point range, and free-throw range. So that's everywhere. <laughs> so um, And his advanced stats as well are, are out-of-this-world. So... I think for me, I wanted to give him this award because I don't think he'll get that MVP award just because he's so young. He's still growing. I don't think the Grizzlies will be the best team by the end of the season, but I wanted to give him his shine in, in the form of the most improved player. And that, that is a shame too, because like I feel like the award does go to like a player on the best team. It doesn't really go to the most valuable mm-hmm. player to their team. And, you know, like we kind of give that stat to where, you know, they have what they were 11 and two, you said over 13 games that he wasn't there. So it's not like, mm. I don't want to say he's not valuable to their team because he definitely is. I think in a, in a playoff situation, they'd want him to be, but yeah. when you talk about the scheme of things, you know what I mean? I think he has a little bit more to grow before he is kind of that, that player that you're talking about and where if he's off that team that they're, they're not going to win. Very but no, I, I don't know. He's, he's amazing. He's definitely going to be a part of that group that carries the NBA into the, you know, the future, um, especially when a lot of these guys start leaving. But yeah, the only reason I didn't put him in the most improved, like I said, was just because I feel like he's, you know, top four MVP conversation right now. And I just, I don't know. It'd be interesting to, if a player could win most improved and MVP at the same time. I don't know if that's possible or not, but it'd be fun. Yeah, if, it I certainly mean, would. <laughs> he continues to do what he's doing and people start slipping. Yeah. See why you couldn't give it to him. Absolutely. If he if he keeps it up and they keep winning, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next award we have is the sixth man of the year. So the most impactful player off the bench. Um, 
Who'd you have for this one, Nick? Well, I think another guy that might even be considered for most improved is even probably Tyler Hero. That's who I have as my sixth man. Um, like you said, they've been without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and they're still first in the conference or, you know what I mean, kind of jostling back and forth with it. And I think he's been a really big, you know, component that I think they said that he was averaging like 20, 20.2 points a game or something like that, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. And he's just, he, I think he really took all that criticism last year and he really went to work in the offseason. He's come back and he's, he's proven that he can be a guy that they can um, depend on. And, you know, that's, that's why I have him there at the sixth man of the year. And I think he's even probably in the conversation for most improved, especially how bad of a year he had last year. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually looking at his stats from last year and they weren't as bad as I remembered. I think it was just the expectations also going off of his bubble run as well. I think yeah. we're so high. I mean, it was definitely not a great year and it wasn't as nearly as good as how he's playing this season. Um, but they weren't as bad as I thought. So I did find that interesting when I was looking back. There's another one. A um, couple other people I was thinking about, you know, Montrez Harrell in the Washington. He's been playing. He won the award in 2020. He's playing very similar to how he was then. Um, another one, a Cavs, Kevin Love. Um, one interesting stat I found, he has scored 23.6 points per 36 minutes, which is kind of a stat that they used to say kind of if everyone played around the same amount of minutes, this is what everyone would average. Um, and that's actually, from what I could see, the most points per 36 for a non-starter. Um, he's been a complete turnaround for the past two seasons. It's been great to see him back on a good team, having fun, enjoying himself. But uh, when it gets down to it, I'm also with you. I'm here. Uh, first place for me is Tyler Hero. Um, I think especially in the history of this award, it's always gone to someone who can come off the bench and get you points. And that's what Tyler Hero does. Um, and he's been playing, he's been shooting efficiently, he's been getting points in droves, and he's also been very much improved getting assists and playmaking for that team as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's Tyler Hero as well. Yeah, that is interesting. I think, <laughs> I don't know if you ever listened to our Ohio verse episode, we were kind of crapping on Kevin Love earlier in the season, <laughs> but he's really turned it around. I think a couple episodes ago, Greg and I were like, wow we don't feel bad for what we said, but he's, he's really playing. Like he wants to be there. Like he's really playing like yeah. he wants to play in the NBA again. And, and I think that's, that's part of the reason that that team is, uh, is as good as they are. I think he's, he's top 50 in rebounds per game right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you add that with Mobley and I think Jared Allen were top 50 as well too. So that's, I mean, that they're just getting it done on the paint and they're getting it done defensive wise and he's buying into it and I love it. So that's crazy. Yeah, I just saw um, he was on the JJ Reddick has a podcast. And I just saw a l- short clip of it saying that this season is the most fun he's had since the championship year uh, playing basketball, which I can definitely believe just watching him. Um, mm-hmm. He really enjoys uh, helping out the young guys this year um, and just watching him off the bench and his bench reactions have been great as well. <laughs> yeah, if that yeah. goes if that goes into six man of the year, the bench reactions, then. Maybe he'll get a couple of bonus points. <laughs> well, I think that goes into it saying like, I mean, him and him and Rubio were a huge, a huge reason this team is so successful, I think, because of their veteran presence. And I think if Rubio wasn't hurt, he was yeah. still playing. I think he'd be, you know, up there for six man of the year as well, too, just because of the impact that he had on that team off the bench. And 
you know what I mean? You can see, you can see that, that they had fun and, and that was, and that they were leading those young guys and showing them how to be pros, which is crazy. Cause you wouldn't think that Kevin Love would be able to show people how to be pros for how it was the past couple of years, but mm-hmm. he is. And, and I, he's showing them what it takes to win. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's why this team will probably make a little bit of noise in the playoffs this year. Yeah, absolutely. With uh, Rubio getting hurt, I think that definitely took him down. But if he was still healthy, he'd be right in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. Next word we have is Rookie of the Year. Um, this season has been an extremely deep rookie class. I mean, even outside the the top performers, we've had guys like Chris, Chris Duarte, Herb Jones, Alperen mm-hmm. Shengun, Josh Giddy. I mean, lower picks that are playing extremely well. Maybe a spoiler as Cavs fans. I think this is a pretty consistent even across the league, though. Um, I have Evan Mobley as my top pick. For me, he's a generational talent right now. Um, he really gets it done on the defensive end, of course. He's legitimately in like all defensive team conversations. And the last rookie to make an all defensive team was Tim Duncan in 1998, the year of my birth. Um, so <laughs> that'll be really interesting to see if he does end up making one of those teams. I don't know if he will just because they, they haven't done it in so long. But yeah. I think he's definitely deserving of being in that conversation. But he's also amazing on the offensive side of the ball. And the biggest thing for me that I love watching about him is just his intelligence and his basketball IQ at such a young age. He hardly makes mistakes. And you can tell he, you know, he has one of those special basketball minds. I don't want to say LeBron-esque, but just reminds me of, oh, this guy, this guy just thinks differently than everybody else. Yeah, I don't think I can really say anything different. He was he was my pick too. I know that I think everybody coming in thought um on the Pistons. Cade Cunningham. Yes, Cade Cunningham would probably run away with it at the beginning of you know the year, but and he he's had a he's had a good season. He's mm-hmm. he's done what he has ever been able to do with that team. There's not really much you can do. But I just think that when you talk about Mobley and, and where he's at and what he's been able to add to this team and kind of propel them forward. I think that they went with, you know, a little bit bigger of a lineup and that's definitely proven to work out and it'll be interesting going forward to see what that produces. But, you know, I'm definitely interested as a Cavs fan to continue to watch him over the years. And and I, and I do see that a little bit of that, like he's ahead of his time almost with the basketball knowledge. Like you would think that he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be where he's at now for maybe a couple more years, but he so as he grows and gets better and gets smarter and understands the game more I mean that's going to be that's going to be scary for for defenses and I think when you look at the east and you look a lot of the the big men that are in the east going forward whether that's Joel Embiid that's Giannis that's Mobley that's um, Bamba you mean you can go down the list there's there's a lot of good big men over there that that are gonna you know Jared Allen and then even Laurie Markle is kind of coming into his own as well so there's a lot of there's a lot of good big men that we're going to kind of get to see play for the future yeah I think a couple years back everyone was saying no the traditional big man is dead in the NBA you kept hearing that um and we've definitely had a resurgence of the big man uh, in the past couple years we'll probably talk about that maybe somewhat in the MVP conversation if we get into that a little bit but it's it's not a traditional big man I mean these people are learning how to play more Mm -hmm. than just getting dunks and lobs they're facilitating in their shooting as well their handles. Um, I mean, look, yeah. look at what Joel Embiid is doing this year. I mean, that's I, th- I think I watched this and people put together these crazy videos. I don't know if I would compare them to these two, but there's this video out there of like, you know, shot by shot of like him, Kobe and Michael with different moves that they do. And it's like the exact same. So, I mean, 
and he's he's doing those moves as like a seven footer. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's that's what's like that's what's like a little bit crazier for me about it. You know what I mean? I, obviously, these guys grew up watching those guys play, so they they grew up practicing to emulate what they do. But for him to actually be able to do it as a seven footer, I think that that is uh that's crazier. Yeah, he's one that I just watch, and he'll be you know at the elbow or even further back, and he's taking like a fadeaway shot, and I'm like. Oh, he's not going to make it. And it's just consistent. Like he drains it. He's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Next award we have is Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I think um, <laughs> for the first time in a couple of these, we're going to go back over to the West. I'm going to go with Draymond Green. I, listen, I don't think that Draymond Green is like, I don't know. I, how do I phrase this? He his It's just his energy and the way that he's playing. You know, I think the past couple years, I don't know if it was whether like, you know, he was holding back on purpose or it was like subconsciously just because he knew they weren't going to do anything, but he's just playing with a whole different energy and he's playing with the energy that he used to have when they won all those championships and they went to the battles, you know, with the Cavs and everything. And I think that's, that's what makes him a really good defensive player is because nobody's going to, nobody's going to outwork him. Nobody's going to outmuscle him. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's really so much like a Dennis Rodman, you know, type player where like, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, he's not the fastest, but He's going to outwork you, he's going to outsmart you, and he's going to outphysical you every single play. And I think that really shows, and I think that's why he's, you know, in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation at this point. Um, even though there's probably some other guys that put up a little bit better stats, um, but I just really loved he kind of puts on that side of the floor. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple guys I was thinking of in the mix, of course, uh, Rudy Gobert. You know, he's, he's been a great defensive anchor, anchor for the Jazz team for years. Um, didn't have him up at the top spot because the Jazz as a team aren't as good defensively this year as they've been the past few seasons. Um, of course, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, another former winner of this award. He can guard anyone. He can guard them out in the paint. He can guard them uh, on the perimeter. He's been elite. Um, but I, I agree with you on this one as well. I think Draymond Green is deserving of this award at this point. Um, for me, it was just simply like – the Warriors are the best defensive team in almost every metric you look at. The Warriors are far and away the best defensive team. He's the best defensive player and he's the leader of the defense. So for me, you know, that just put him over the top for me in terms of like individual defensive stats. He has the best defensive rating individually and defensive box plus minus. So those are advanced stats where they get a lot of formulas that I don't fully understand, but <laughs> they run them through and uh, showed him far as a way the stats. best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's what you're saying. He's he's the leader. He's the coach on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coached these young guys too to take over his defensive prowess. Gary Payton, uh, the second, Juan Toscano Anderson. I think if these guys are in different situations, they're not nearly as successful as they are learning from Draymond. And I think that's what's made the team so good defensively. It's not just their starters. It's their bench unit as well. Like I said, is that the energy is unmatched. And I think since he's been out, you can kind of see that 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 the team's defense has slipped a little bit and that's affected their kind of product as a whole. And I think that that shows, you know what I mean? When you when you have somebody absent like that and you're not as good as you. Yeah, this one I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on um, with his injury that he has sustained. I think they found it's connected to his back. So not entirely sure how that's going to affect him throughout the season, especially defensively. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that as the season rolls on. I mean, if I'm them, I might shut him down and let him like rest and rehab and get back. Cause 
I mean, they would be nice to have him during the season, but you don't you don't really need him to be there because you're you're going to make the playoffs at this point regardless. Um, he you just need him to help make you know a playoff push and and win a championship. That's pretty much what you need him to do. So I would just shut him down. Honestly. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And the Warriors are an organization that knows that the playoffs are where it matter. You know, they've played extremely well in the regular season this far thus far. But if they need to sit him out as long as they can to get him completely healthy for the playoffs, I think they're going to do that. Um, and they're going to be a scary team to face if he's healthy. And they've proven to be smart, too. I mean, that Clay, Clay probably came back two or three weeks after he could have come back. Like, he could have came yeah. back way earlier, but they didn't need him to come back earlier. They said, yo, just, just take your time. Come back when you want to come back. And, and they brought him back, and he's, he's ready to go. You know what I mean? I was so, going to say, he looks good. <laughs> he looks yeah. really good so <laughs> yeah. far. Yeah, he was. I think he was playing lots of five on fives <laughs> before he came yeah, back. So absolutely, um, yeah, he's he's looking. I think he dropped like he what buzzer beater thirty something points the other night, a couple nights ago. Yeah, he was up there. It was it was yeah. impressive. Last but not least, of course, we have the most valuable player award. Um, for me, I think this has been one of the most wide open races that I've seen in recent seasons. Um, I mean, there's so many options you can think of, even outside the big guys. You know, you have DeMar DeRozan getting a lot of uh, love. John Morant, as we talked about before. Um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker both. I think they kind of take points away from each other, even though the Suns are the best team in the league right now, the best record. They're both so impactful that it's hard to just choose one, right? Um, and then Steph Curry, I don't have him in my top just because he's been slumping pretty hard in the past month, especially since we recorded our last episode. Um, he's had some shooting struggles. He'll be okay long-term, um, mm-hmm. but if he wants to get that MVP this season, he's going to have to start uh, kicking it into gear again. And then Kevin Durant has been great. Um, the only reason I don't have him in my top is just because he's now out four to six weeks with an MCL injury. Um, and I think that's obviously going to affect his odds. For me, I, I gave myself a top three just because I wanted to talk a little bit about each one of these guys. Um, third place for me, we talked about it a little bit. I had Joel Embiid. Um, he is carrying that Sixers team right now. They're the fifth seed in the East, but they're only two and a half games out of first place. So they're right there. And of course, that's without Ben Simmons. Um, we all know the drama surrounding that. They're holding him out till they can find a trade. Um, but if you look at that team and the players besides him, they shouldn't be winning as many games as they are. Um, and when he hasn't played, They've been, they've been pretty rough. I think the other night he had a game where he scored like 50 points in 28 minutes, and he's just nuts. He, he can put on a show. Um, second place for me, I put Nikola Jokic. Jokic won the MVP last year, and he's actually been better in all stats this year, and he's really improved defensively as well. Jokic used to be almost a liability on defense, and I've been watching him recently. He, he can play. He can defend now. Um, So that's really interesting. Stats-wise, I think he has the best case. But for me, I just don't see his team getting to a top-four seed. Um, And for me, that's kind of my benchmark for team success of where I'd like to see you be a part of an MVP conversation. And I saw a stat where uh, when he's on the floor, the Nuggets, like the pace they play at, uh, they play like the best team in the league. And when he's off the floor, they play like the worst team in the league. So (laughs) if you're talking just most valuable, that's an argument right there. Because um, uh, I'm blank. Jamal, Jamal Murray's back, right? Not yet. Is he still out? Yeah. Yeah, he's still out. I think that's a big part of it too. But yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but for my first place, um, right now I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. And this is changing daily for me, like I said. Um, but for me, he's the most well-rounded player on offense and on defense. I mean, he's one of the top defensive players. He's one of the top offensive players. Just stats-wise, he's averaging 28.6 points per game, 11.3 rebounds, and 6.1 assists. Um, he's improved tremendously. Even, you know, he's a two-time MVP. But since then, he's improved his jump shot. He's improved his passing. And the thing that I see the most, and I think he unlocked this during the finals last year, is his confidence is just off the charts. I mean, he'll, take, he'll start taking those Joel Embiid fading shots, which weren't ever really a part of his game, and he just knocks them down. And the Bucs have had many injuries in COVID, and they're still only two games out of first place in the East. And so I think they're going to start to make a run. And so that's why I put him as my, my top pick right now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, for me, like I said, the MVP is like, I look at it as, as like if, if you took the guy off the team, how well would that team actually do? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you talk about the Nuggets, you like obviously if you take um, Joker off, that team would be, I don't think it'd be where they're at. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So for me, he definitely was uh, number two on my list. But number one, I had LeBron James. I think the only reason the Lakers are even in playoff contention at this point is because he's playing probably some of the best basketball that we've that we've ever seen him play, um, especially in the past six or seven years. And he's changed his game so much. Like we we've seen him play every single position on the floor this season, especially mm-hmm. center. When he was playing center, that team was, you know, they were winning so many games. He was dropping so many points. Like it's it's crazy to me how versatile he is and I I just I'm interested more so in how long we're going to let him continue to play this way and be this good before somebody says at his age the way he's playing he deserves MVP MVP just because he's playing this good as how at how old he is like I don't think we've ever seen anybody play this good at this age um I mean I guess like in our lifetime we haven't seen anybody play this good <laughs> but I'm sure right. You know what I mean? But like at the same time, you're kind of like you're you're looking at him and it's just like if you took him off the Lakers, I think they're probably the worst team in basketball. They might be better than the OKC Thunder, but we've seen the Thunder blow out the Lakers. So like, yeah, you know, a I, <laughs> couple I, times, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're they're so they're so old. They're so slow. And, you know, when you add Westbrook to that team where he's just so inconsistent when it comes to scoring the basketball, and then you have Anthony Davis who just can't stay healthy. Like, if you don't have LeBron in this team, I don't think this team is is good. I think it's the worst team in the league. And I, I don't know. I, I think that it's it's such it's such a more it's such a bigger disparity between anybody else on any other team. Like if you took anybody else off their team, I don't think that the drop-off would be as bad. You know what I mean? Like because they, they would go from you know, still people believing in them to make it to the championship just because it's LeBron James to them not even having a chance to be, you know, out of the bottom three in the league. (laughs) So it's like, I think, I think that's, that's something for me too, but I don't think he'll get it just because like you said, it always goes to somebody on one of the top four teams in either of their conferences. So, you know, it'll probably be Giannis again, um, depending on, what John Morant does for the rest of the season and how good the Grizzlies are. It could be him depending on who takes a step on the Suns. I mean, I could definitely see Devin Booker or Chris Paul taking it home just because of how good that team is. But I think you're right. They, they take a little bit of votes away from each other. And then when you look at the other side, I think it depends on what Kevin Durant, how he comes back 
And then um, just DeMar DeRozan is probably a guy in the conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said before, I think it's so wide open this year. And that's why I've, you know, loved watching all these different players get their shot because just a couple game bad games, one guy good against another, it completely shakes up the list. Um, I do think that's a really interesting point about LeBron. I agree that he's not going to get it um, just because of the team success thing. But also, there's definitely seasons in the past, right, where he definitely deserved to get MVP where he didn't. You know, some of those um, Cavs seasons, some of those Heat seasons, he was playing like an MVP. And I think the expectations for him also hurt him, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, we've seen him for so long be so good that we're like, yeah, this is just LeBron. This is what he does, you know? (laughs) So I think that hurts hurts him as well. And, and that's, that's, what's crazy to me too. And I, I think like years ago, you know, I, I was, I, you know, heard somebody talk about it and they, they were saying, you know, we're going to regret, you know, not giving him those MVPs because he deserved them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we said, you know, oh, the East is too weak. You can't get it because you play in the East, but then he went to the West and they gave it to us. You know what I mean? So, it's yeah. like, so it definitely is like, and then now he's over in the West and you know, he's playing the way that he's playing despite the team that's around him. And mm-hmm. he's, he's close to 40. Like he's like what, 38 now. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, I don't know. I, I guess at some point you got to look at it and be like how old he is, you know what I mean? For, for sports wise and how mm-hmm. high of a level he's playing, you almost got to give it to him just because of that. Like, I mean, he's averaging almost 30 points a game, seven rebounds, seven assists or something like that like that's yeah that's crazy and playing center I I don't know I could go on about it but no I I completely understand what you're saying uh last thing I think we wanted to touch on is we wanted to give our all all all-star starters for each conference so you know top five players in the conference thus far you want to start off with your eastern conference um even though he's injured I think he deserves to be the captain uh, for the East, I think it's going to be Kevin Durant. I think that, I, I mean, it's Kevin Durant. He's always going to play good. Sorry. He's always going to play well, grammar. Um, <laughs> but I just think that he's kind of a big reason that that team is as good as they are, despite they're, they're, they're a lot like the Lakers in which like they have their big three, but then everybody else around them is kind of old and slow. And they're just kind of hoping that they can rekindle some sort of their prime. <laughs> Um, but he's really been able to carry that team, you know, forward. I think having James Harden, who's always there and healthy helps out a lot, but I do think that he's played well enough to be the captain. Um, I think Giannis is a really close second to being, you know, captain. I think he could also be captain when it comes down to it. I I don't see why not, but I do think Giannis is one of the starters. I think Trey Young gets to be a starter. He's just, he's just too good not to be a starter. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you can make an argument for other people like Jimmy Butler, you can make an argument um, for somebody like Zach Levine, but I just think that Trey Trey Young has just been too good. And then the other guy is uh, DeMar DeRozan, who's people were, you know, shitting on that (laughs) contract they gave them, but it's paid off. That Chicago Bulls team looks nice. And, you know, not only do they have Levine and DeRozan who are just playing like crazy, but they have the God himself, uh, Caruso, who I think uh, <laughs> the Lakers regret not being able yeah. to sign because he's just such a high energy dude. And he does things that you're like, I don't think you should be able to do that. And then to round off my uh, East is going to be Joel Embiid. 
Um, I could see him being a captain too, just for what he's been doing, but he's just, he, this is probably the best season that we've seen him play in. I think this is where we start to see his prime forever, how long that lasts, but this is a uh, prime and beat and I'm, I'm here for it. For sure. Uh, touching on Caruso, I was listening to another podcast where they were doing a similar idea. Um, they were talking about the all defensive teams and they were ranking him like first team all defense for guard. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like he, he's a monster defensively. I don't know that he plays enough for me to like, you know, just enough minutes. Like he doesn't, he's not yeah. starter, you know, he's off the bench, but yeah. It's the, it's the high energy. It's that, it's that attitude that like I said with Draymond that I'm going to outwork out muscle you and outsmart you at every turn. And yeah. And he, like I said, he, he's not going to be the biggest, the most physical or the fastest guy on the court, but, but the energy from it is going to put him in conversations for different things. And, and I think honestly, if he was a starter, he might even be in conversation for, you know, a bench player as an all-star just for, if you kind of, you know what I mean? Push his stats, you know, forward with the minutes that he would be getting and stuff like that. But yeah, no, that, that team is full. And we're not even talking about Lonzo either, like on that team. And that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I think there was a section of fandom out there that was like, you know, what's Crusoe going to be like without LeBron, right? And I think he's really proved himself that he's not a product of LeBron. Um, yeah, he, he is a he's a real player. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day, and I had this conversation. I'm like, it'd be interesting if you could get like a pickup game of like LeBron and all the players that he's traded for to be on his traded <laughs> for or signed for his team against everybody that has been traded away or cut from one, from one of his teams. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just build the best roster from that and then have them play a game. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? That would be, that would be, a, I, you even look at just like the guys that have been traded away from the Lakers since he got there. I mean, Julius Randle has kind of, he's had a really down season this year, but last year, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really good. You can talk about Brandon Ingram is solid. You know, Lonzo, Caruso, um, that just just guys that are just really solid players. And you're like, okay, that'd be a nice team. I mean, even um, even Kuz and Montrez Harrell. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, that's that I don't think that's a championship contender team, but that's that's not a bad team. Yeah, for sure. That would be interesting if we did an episode on that sometime. Yeah. Um, you know, of all time can go back even you know to to derrick rose and yeah. <laughs> dwayne wade well it wouldn't, um, it, wouldn't prime, away, but it wouldn't be prime rose no for sure but like you know yeah That'd all be- the people that you forget that he traded away from that like 2018 team too <laughs> yeah well i mean they they traded wade because i just and that was one that was kind of weird because i was like you don't think that he would add any value but i don't know i think he would he was going to retire and they were like he probably wants to retire Miami yeah and I don't think that we're I don't know that was kind of weird yeah uh my my starters very similar um for me I have Giannis as the captain um I think it's just the way he's been playing um with KD's injury coming I think he deserves it KD I have right right on second place um he's been playing extremely well carrying that Nets team I think he has a lot more help than we talked about with LeBron um but he's been playing extremely well Joel Embiid talked about him for my two guards and this is interesting because the NBA lists DeMar DeRozan as a guard even though in my opinion he definitely plays small forward power forward even sometimes um, <laughs> but I have DeMar DeRozan in, in my guard spot and then I 
was trying to change it up from you a little bit. And, but I think I agree with this where I was thinking about putting Trey Long on this list. He's been incredible, but the Hawks team is just so bad right now. I mean, they're, let me look, they're 20 and 25. They're nine games out of first place. So, I mean, they're still two games out of the play-in spot from a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is crazy to me. So I said, you know, we'll put, we'll put DeMar DeRozan's compadre, Zach Levine, right on the list. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, and he probably deserves it too. Like, especially with all-star, I wasn't really putting this into account, but all-star starters, a lot of it goes off a of fan vote too. Chicago is mm-hmm. a big market. Everybody loves the Bulls. So I could definitely see that being the, the starting backcourt there for the East. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, you could, you could probably make an argument for, you know, their top four guys over there to be all-stars. You know I mean? I think, <laughs> I think if uh, Caruso was a starter, I think it'd, it'd help out a little bit more, but like I, those guys are such different difference makers and, and they're the reason that they're as good as they are. So, yeah, absolutely. We just, we just need more all-star spots. Just, just keep building it. <laughs> yeah. more, more starters. Just, just do a 10 on 10. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Get crazy with it. Um, for Western Conference, I'll go ahead with mine. Um, I had for, for guard Steph Curry. Um, I think he might be the captain uh, just because he had such, such a strong start. And I think that historic moment of breaking the three-point record kind of gives him that boost in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but LeBron's extremely popular as well. He's had a great season. Either one of them for me um, are the captains. Forward spots, it was a little uh, tricky besides LeBron. I did end up throwing Draymond in there. And, you know, people that just look at stats um, are going to be like, Draymond's not good. <laughs> but, like, if you watch him on defense and even on offense, I mean, he a lot of their offense does run through him um, because Steph and Clay both you know, Clay, not so much, but coming back, both work off ball a lot. He facilitates a lot as well. Um, and I just think he's been one of the most impactful um, players on the season in general. Um, I put John Morant as my other guard. Um, we've been raving about him this whole episode. He's taken such a huge leap. Um, and he's just super exciting. He's one of those players you want to see in the all-star game. You want to see what he's going to do, you know, uh, when there's not much defense being played as well. Um, and then Jokic as well, uh, having another amazing season. Yeah. I think our list is pretty much the same. I'm going to go, my captain's going to be LeBron. Like, I mean, he's, he's my MVP right now. So I just think that he has to be the captain. Um, but I do have Steph and, and Draymond as well. I think that, you know, you talk about, he's hit a slump a little bit, but I just, I think that's because you can't, you can't go as hard as you have been. And then I think he tried to take a little bit of a step back so that clay could kind of come back in and get a little bit more comfortable. And it's going to take him a second to get used to having him back in there because they haven't played together for a really long time. So it's just, it's just been him going out there doing everything and he's going to have to get back into that rhythm of those two guys being back together. And I think they will be just fine, but I, he he's going to be an all-star starter. I think, like you said, just, just because of breaking the record, but not only you just have to watch what he's done all season and in Draymond. Yes. He's not a super sexy pick here, but he is the reason he is a huge reason why that team is, is where they're at. 
Um, mm -hmm. Whether you talk about that on the defensive end or you talk about that facilitating wise, obviously he has that injury. You don't even know if he's really going to be able to play, but again, right. like Kevin Durant, I think he deserves to be able to have the spot and then they'll just, they'll replace him with the next person. Yeah. And then um, my other big man is I do have Nicola as well. I, he's just, like you said, you take him off that team and I don't think that they're making the playoffs just like the Lakers. Um, I mean, it does hurt that they don't have Murray on there, but I think that he just, he is really carrying them right now and really showing, you know, how good he is to that team, or I should say important he is to that team. Um, so he, that's why he's there. And then my other guard spot is going to be Devin Booker. Um, I don't know if they have him as a guard or a forward, but to me, he's a guard. Um, yeah. he plays, he, he plays point guard a lot. He kind of facilitates when uh, Chris Paul's off the floor and, you know, he, I think we talked about them, you know, hurting each other's stats a little bit, but he's just phenomenal. And he is going to be a guy that we're going to watch going forward for the next, like, you know, eight to 10 years, where I think he's going to be one of the better players in the NBA. And I think it's time for him to be a star starter. Yeah. I mean, going back to last season when they made that surprise finals run, I really like fell in, fell in love with watching that team and him in particular. And I think a lot of people forget that I'm pretty sure they were up 2-0 in that finals. Um, they were coasting. I mean, and I think he had a 40 point game in there. Like they were, they were putting on a show. Um, and then of course, Giannis really turned it on, but not just Giannis, you know, the whole team drew holiday, Chris Middleton. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, and that's, and that's crazy too. I mean, that's a whole different conversation with like that, that Bucks team last year. Cause I think that that, that shows a formula where you can put a top five guy on a team and then just surround him with a bunch of top 40 talent. Like they don't even have to be top 15. They can just be like 15 to 40 and you're going to be able to win a championship because those guys could, those guys are going to have that potential to step up. And if they do, then they're going to be playing like top 15, you know, guys. And I think that that, that really snuck up on the, the Suns because they were like, oh, Devin Booker, top 10 guy, Chris Paul, top 10 guy. DeAndre Ayton was playing like a top 15 guy. And you look at that team and you're like, oh, wow, here we go. We're just going to roll over them. All they got is Giannis, but Giannis is a freight train. And <laughs> So that's, that was a hard lesson to learn. But I, like I said, Devin Booker is just, he's fun. He's always been one of my favorite players since he kind of entered the league. And I've always had a soft spot for the Suns because I loved watching Steve Nash play when I was a kid. Mm. Um, so I definitely have been kind of following Booker's career since it started. And like I said, I, I think it's time. I think he's put in the work and I think he's ready to be a star starter. So. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right, that's going to wrap up our episode. Uh, we'll be back next week with our more traditional format, going around the NBA, talk about the biggest stories, all of that jazz. Um, this was Nothing But Net, presented by Deep Dive Sports, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to another Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, Deep Dive Sports listeners. <laughs>